0: you know we can always improve and hone our skills and if you're like many people that i work with that are scared to death to start booking this is going to give you the confidence that's why we said book like a boss because we want to feel confident going into the conversations that you're going to have with the venues whether it's over email whether it's in person over the phone welcome to the female entrepreneur musician podcast with Bree Noble Hey, what is up? This is Brie Noble, and you are tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And I am so pumped up because guess what? We have hit episode number 100, and I'm telling you, this couldn't be a better episode 100. So we started back in April of 2015. We were doing interviews every week, and then in 2016, I scaled it back a bit and did interviews every other week. But then starting in April, well, actually more like the beginning of 2017, I started doing solo episodes on the off weeks and then in April, I started my indie interactive show and since then I've been doing uh, solo episodes or I've been bringing guests on to give you guys tips on Facebook Live every week on Indie Interactive and that's become our podcast every week and then I still have my awesome interview shows every other week on Monday. So if you're new to this show, yes, we've hit episode 100. There's so many great episodes to go check back with in the past, so much great content for you to learn from, so many great interviews for you to hear and get inspired by. But going forward, just so you know, We have episodes that come out every Thursday, which are from our Facebook live show, Indie Interactive. You're always welcome to go check us out on Facebook at, um, facebook.com slash WOS Radio every Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or you can listen to the podcast on Thursday morning when it comes out. And then we have our interviews every other week on Mondays. So this is episode 100, and it couldn't be better because I am bringing on my friend Tara B. We had her on last week, and she is on again with me this week on Indie Interactive to help you guys with a huge conundrum for artists that I experienced and I know many of my students experience, pretty much everyone I talk to does not love booking. And one of the hardest things is figuring out what to charge. Before we jump into this, if any of you guys were here on last week's show, I told you that Tara is going to be running a four-day training next week, starting on the 10th, all about learning to book like a boss, four days to book like a boss. I know that when I first started booking, boy would I have loved to have this training. So I hope if you haven't signed up already, that you'll go to femmusician.com slash Tara B. musician, F is in female, E is an entrepreneur, musician.com slash Tara B. And go sign up for this training. All right, take it away, Tara.
1: Hey ladies, I'm so happy to be back this week and yes, um, I have been booking a long time and the whole pricing issue, it still freaks me out sometimes to have to deal with it because I hate talking money with people and, and sometimes it's just not an easy thing. So I, I kind of want to jump into it because um, I, I find that it's, it's the thing that sometimes with music, it's so intangible. You know, if you think about like when people hire a plumber to come into their home or somebody to fix like uh, their computer or something it, it puts it, uh, it's, tangible. it's like they can measure it. like if you have pipes that are leaking and a plumber comes in to fix it you know that he's either going to do it or it's not going to work and music is so sometimes hard to measure you know if it's really something great or not like it's hard for a business to measure it, I think and so with that intangibility it's sometimes hard, I think, for us as musicians to put a price on it. Um, and it's hard for the owners or the venues to kind of measure like, well, what are you really providing? Well, ladies, we are providing a service for them. And it, it is a really great service for them. And if we can kind of keep that in mind, that it is a service and we are a business. And I, I found that really hard through the years. I'm in my 40s now. And when I was in my 20s, I don't think I ran it like a business. Um, I still, I don't know what I felt, but I just didn't think of it in those terms that this is a service that I'm providing to people. I'm, you know, giving them an exchange of something and so they're paying me for that service. And if you can look at it that way that you're giving them something, so that's why I'm gonna pay you something because it's an exchange of not goods, but services. Um, And it's maybe a little bit more like if you think of like a massage therapist, I don't know how many of you have been to those, but I have. and I
0: have. I love massage therapists.
1: (laughs) You know, you think about it, it's like a lot of them charge maybe similar fees. But um, when I know that when I go to them, I get really different experiences, even with like similar pricings and some I like a lot better. Now, maybe that's just my taste, but, you know, it's like, what is it? What's the difference sometimes? And it could be their years of experience. It could be a whole lot of things, but that's another intangible. And there may be reasons why you keep coming back to the same massage therapist. So, um, I, and I want to just say this up front is that the people that are going to be the right customers for you are going to be the ones who value what you do. And let me say that again, the people that are the right customers for you are the ones that value what you do. That may be hard to find at the beginning, or you may be unsure of those who value, because sometimes it takes a while to find out those who actually value what you do. You may not be able to recognize that right away with even a gig you're playing with someone, but those are the ones that in the long run, you're gonna wanna stick with. Because there are plenty of people who may not value what you do, and you know what? you might want to let go of those later on. They may not be the right customers for you.
0: I just want to know from you guys in the chat, like how many of you guys struggle with this? I will be the first to raise my hand to let you know that I struggled with this big time when I first started gigging and just even knowing how to Mm -hmm. start on how to price myself.
1: Yeah. I, and I'm the same way, Brie. I, that's why I said in my, 20s. In fact, when I started off, um, I think I said to some of you guys last week that I started booking when I was 15 and I was singing at churches then. So it was all like free will offerings, free will donations. I just had no idea about the business part of it. And even through my 20s, 30s, I still didn't really get it. Like, how am I supposed to price what I'm doing? Although I will say this when I uh, was in a band with my brother and a few others, there were four of us, so I had to kind of figure it out because now there's four people involved and we have to be paid something. It's not just me anymore, so I had to kind of figure out a way. And um, anyway, so I want to start with six different things today, and there are more than six different things that go into pricing ourselves. And I will say this, if you join us next week on those four days to book like a boss, you're going to find out even more than six different things. But let's just start with six today. That's enough for you, I think. The first of those six things is how many years, this is questions to ask yourself, okay, ladies? So how many years have you been playing your instrument or singing? Some of you do both. Some of you play an instrument or many instruments. Some of you sing, Um, some of you do either, but just think about that question, first of all, because some of you have been doing it a really long time. And then along with that, this is all in the first question, is how many of you have also been studying or training on that instrument? For me, for example, I started playing piano when I was three years old by ear. And then my mom, who's a piano teacher, was like, you are going to learn notes. So she started me in piano lessons with her when I was five. And so I had that all through the years. And then when I was in college, I started voice lessons. And train through there. And then post-college, I took some jazz piano after that. I also took some voice lessons post-college as well. So, you know, there's a lot of years of just that playing and singing and studying. The second thing, ladies, would be is if you have a degree in music. Um, Not all of you do, but that would be something that if you do, some of you might have a college degree. Some of you might have some classes in college that you took. Um, some of you might have a master's degree. Some of you might have a doctorate and um, don't worry if you don't, but this is just something that would be like part of your resume. It would be part of your pricing. If you have that, if you have none of that, no training, none of that, but you have been performing for the, for all these years, this would be number three. That is a huge, huge thing. A huge deal. you have been in front of people and don't um, diminish the fact that it's necessarily even just music that you have been performing in front of audiences, because I know that some of you are in um, other kinds of day jobs right now, not related to music, but some of you might be in things like public speaking or you're training people. Maybe you're in sales. Um, Maybe you are teachers at school. And so you are already used to being in front of people and I know that translates a little bit different to a musical audience. So maybe the musical skills, you know, in front of people, you may still have to hone that a little bit. But look, I mean, in between songs, if you have to talk, you might be far more comfortable with that than someone who's never had any experience with being in front of people. So don't, you know, don't think that you don't have any experience. You do. So have that be a part of your pricing because that's already a part of who you are. Okay. So that is uh, number three. Another thing to consider that I think a lot of musicians know is the setup time when you're at a gig or a concert, and the takedown time. And I'm sure, Bree, you've had this too, where like setting up sound equipment, like how long can that possibly take? <laughs> and it can go. I for me, I I have a duo. I'm part of a duo called the BZ Girls. And um, when we set up our sound system for us, it's usually a good hour, and takedown might be a little bit less, but it's you know setting up all the equipment, it's hauling it. Sometimes you have to haul long distances from where you can actually load in and you know where the event is taking place. Don't diminish that either, because that's your time. I know a lot of people that come and hear people play. In fact, I have to just tell you the story quickly. So I play at the Minneapolis airport and that gig is four hours long. That's just the singing part of it. But it's about an eight hour day for me because I travel there. Then I have to go through security. Well, I actually have to park my car and go from the parking lot to security. Go through security. I have to go to a green room where there's other stuff we have to set up for them. And I haul a little, tiny little sound system that I have to haul around. But even setting up, taking down all that time, that's my time. So that becomes an eight hour day. And I had somebody that said to me, cause they knew I sang at the airport and they said, wow, that must be really relaxing to just go sit for a couple hours and just play and sing for people.
0: <laughs> you know, that's really- funny. I love, I love what Ann said. She said, we always say the music is free and we, we get paid for the hauling of gear. <laughs>
1: Awesome. <laughs> I know. And, and, and I know people are not trying to be rude. Like they just don't understand it, but it's, there's so much that goes, you know, all they're seeing is the part where you're singing or performing and they don't realize what's behind that. But you know, that that is behind that. So, you know, put that as part of your feet because those hours that you're spending of hauling and setting up that's work, it's actual work. So um, that was number four. Um, Number five is how many hours are you actually playing there? You know, is it one, is it two, is it three, is it four? Because all of that is, it's not just even the singing time or the playing time, but it's also sort of the prep time that you have to do. How many songs are you having to prepare for that? You know, it could be quite a bit of music. And um, that means you have a lot to prepare for in the process of that. And um, the final thing to think about is, or number six, at least today, is how many people are in your group? Because this is too where I think that venues are not necessarily, they're just looking at music and they only want to pay a certain price for music. But let's say you have two people, like my duo, I have two people, or you have three or four or five. Well, that's got to compensate for all of that. All those people are spending the same amount of time there and you know that. But um, I'm just going to tell you a little story that happened. So for my BZ girls, um, and by the way, that's the letter B and letter Z, because I'm Tara B. Um, we had a couple of years ago, we were singing at a lot of wineries in Minnesota. And yes, we have wineries in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy, but we uh, had a winery call us and um, they wanted us to come. They were about 80 miles from us and they wanted us to come play for three hours for a total of $150. At the time, we had this little kind of cute fee that we said we said it was easy as one, two, three. We said one tank of gas, two bottles of wine, and $300. That's what we were <laughs> charging. Them. So um, we've upped our fees since then. But they wanted to pay us $150 total. And I I said well that's not actually what we charge this is what we charge and and they said well but the going rate for our musicians in this town is seventy five dollars a piece and and my my thought was well I did not say this to them but I thought well that's what maybe they think their value is but we value ourselves differently than that and it kind of made me sad too to think that that was what they were offering but um, you know if you think about that that was a three hour gig, it would be, I figured about three hours of travel time. And then you look at setup, that would be eight hours for each of us. At $75 we'd each be getting paid, you know, that's less than $10 an hour. So
0: that's scary. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're talking almost minimum wage. And the thing is ladies, you know, I'm not telling you exactly what to price yourself, but I will tell you this, you are worth more than minimum wage. You possess skills and talent and things that you have honed already. And so these six things that I just talked about today are, you know, they are already things that you possess and you've done some work on. So if anything, price yourself above minimum wage, please. Because <laughs> because you're worth that. And, and your talent and your value and what you're providing to people is worth that. And um, I again, I just want to reiterate that, the customers that are the right customers for you are the ones who will value what you do. You know, it's not, it's not gonna be the, the, the people that don't value you, they're just gonna want anything to fill their, their musical genres there. They're not gonna care, but there are gonna be people who will care enough about the music that they're presenting. And so they will be willing to pay you your price. And you have to believe in it first, you really do. And all those years for many of you who you've already, you know, you've practiced, you've rehearsed. I, I didn't even talk about, like, all the years of practice you've put in or the prep of, like, writing songs, finding songs, um, travel. And there's there's even more than that that I haven't talked on that I will be talking on next week in uh, Four Days to Book Like a Boss. Yeah, and I think
0: it's this particular one is going to be so great because you'll have an assignment related to pricing yourself and she'll go through a whole bunch of different things that you need to consider when you're pricing yourself and you kind of can go down the list and figure out based upon what the gig is what it is going to be you know best for you to charge and then you, you'll feel so confident because you did that work then you'll walk into it like this is absolutely what i'm worth and you're not going to talk me down from this and here's why and you have all the reasons you know it's just like when we do a crowdfunding campaign and we do our budget and so people say well why why is it you think you need to raise ten thousand dollars and you can show them well this is what it's going to so you have that you know that document to back you up and give you the confidence
1: and I agree with that it's that thing it's being able to break it down so that you have something to show them otherwise they just look at one fee and have no clue you right know, like why that much
0: so right yeah exactly. so I'm really really excited for this training I know many of you have already signed up, but if you haven't already, it is at femmusician.com slash Tara B. I am going to be popping in. I might make a guest appearance on a live or something in the four days. Um, I just I know it's going to be so helpful. And hey, it doesn't hurt for me to you know brush up my my booking skills, because I think we can always all get better, even if we're constantly booking right now. You know, we can always improve and hone our skills. And if you're like many people that I work with that are scared to death to start booking, this is going to give you the confidence. That's why we said book like a boss, because we want to feel confident going into the conversations that you're going to have with the venues, whether it's over email, whether it's in person, over the phone, you need to have that confidence and that, you know, you've gone through all of it to know, like, I am worth it. And I am not going to back down off of this. And if you don't want to pay me this, then guess what? You're not my perfect customer. So go ahead and sign up at femmusician.com slash Tara B. And I will see you guys in the group next week. And so will Tara. She'll be sending you some emails to get you started. Um, You know, if you join the group uh, after you sign up, then introduce yourself. She'll give you some kind of, you know, pre-assignments to know what to do and be ready to get started on Monday morning.
1: Yeah. And I was just going to mention too, if you haven't joined the Facebook group already and you've signed up, please join the Facebook group and please check your emails too, because I know sometimes they'll go into spam or some weird box. And I want to make sure that you're getting all this because you're going to want to have it so that you can, you know, look like a boss and be confident. So
0: Grace says everyone loves her work until they have to pay for it. I mean, it is true, but I mean, I, that does happen, but you will find the people that are your big fans that are willing to pay for it. And I think you just have to hold out for that. I know I used to say no to gigs if they wouldn't pay me a certain amount, because I'm like, it's not worth it to me. Like back then I had to hire a babysitter. You know, I had to do different things that it's just not worth it to me to even leave the house if I don't have this base rate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what? can I just tell you, a thing? I just had an experience yesterday. I had a gig and, um, and I, and I've had a gig at this place for a, a couple of years already, but this is what happens too, that when you find the right customer, that a lot of times they start liking you so much that they start wanting to book you then like yearly. Um, I did a patriotic thing and the lady afterwards we were chatting and she just said, you know, can I just pretty much book you every year for this patriotic gig? And mm. and that times where they just they connect with you, they like you. And that's the kind of gigs that you want where they're starting to want to put you down yearly or monthly or you know what I mean? And, and it happens. You can find those where they want you specifically. It's not just that they want some music. They want you.
0: Yeah. And when you find those and if you get, you know, maybe 10 to 20 of those, they start to snowball into referrals. Yeah. And that's where we want to go. You know, we don't want to have to be cold calling all these new venues that don't have experience with us. You know, you have to do that at first, it's the hustle, but once you kind of get these relationships built, you start to build this network.
1: Yeah. And it can happen. It can just, it really can. So don't, don't give up and don't think that it's beyond you. And there's, there's people who are willing to pay for the right thing. It's, you know, yes, there's a lot of people who just don't care, and <laughs> but they're not your customers. That's all I'll say. There's there's people out there who are your customers. And um, just if you keep at it enough and look for new markets and venues, and that's why we're going to focus on that next week, even to find, maybe there's just markets you haven't tapped into yet that might be your new market where all of a sudden you find those right customers and that's all that it's like, Ooh, and then all of a sudden it'll take off for you. So yeah. I'd love to see you there you can do it. <laughs> Super excited. Again, it's femmusician.com slash Tara
0: Thank you guys for joining us today on Indie Interactive, whether you joined us live or on the replay. And I look forward to seeing you next week on Indie Interactive, but I also look forward to seeing you in our training next Monday morning, femmusician.com slash Tara We'll see you guys. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.